Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Southside Agenda podcast with Charlie and Zidane. Hope you guys enjoyed the last episode. And it is the second edition of the one-year anniversary episodes. And today we have Jordan Lazowski from Soxtown 35th. Jordan, thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me on, guys. All right. So just like always from actually, you're seeing this, you guys are seeing this after our first uh, guest episode with James Fox from Future Sox. But we're switching it up a little bit. We're going to go with our normal questions that we asked Matt from Pinwheels and Ivy and Josh Nelson from Sox Machine. So those two episodes were really fun. And just uh, before we get started, Jordan, for the people that, you know, aren't on Sox Twitter frequently and aren't, you know, on Sox social media a lot, what is Sox on 35th? What are you guys doing over there? Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't know I was following James Fox and Josh Nelson. So these are some big names you got me following. Uh, so this will be a good one. But Socks on 35th is just like any of your other blogs. Socks Machine, Future Socks, um, from the 108, all of those guys. We're kind of doing our own thing. We're a little bit, it's going to sound mean. We're a little bit on the younger side. We're, we're fairly newer um, to, to, the, to the blog world. This is only our fourth or fifth year of doing them. Um, but whether it's podcasts or news articles or different analytical articles, I'm the editor-in-chief over there. Uh, we're just doing our thing. We, we've got a great presence on social media. So if you don't follow the page and you're on Twitter, please do so. Uh, the guys over there, Joe Binder, he does a great job running the account. Um, yeah, we're just a, a newer White Sox blog on the uh, uh, in the blog sphere for the White Sox. Uh, we're doing some fun things, and it's it's fun to do. I will say that for sure. Yeah, always follow Socks on 35th on Twitter and uh, Jordan on Twitter at jlazowski14. But Zidane, you want to get us started with uh, the first first question, first topic? Well, it's an interesting one. It's specific mostly to Socks on 35th. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite article you ever written? I know me and Charlie are big fans of your oh. recent Hawk Harrelson one, but at least for you, what is it? That's a really good question. Huh. Okay, I'm going to answer this, but I'm not going to answer because I'm going to give multiple. The, my, one of my favorites is actually the first one I did, like way back when I was a junior in college. Uh, I was Mark Burley's Hall of Fame chances. And the reason it was one of my favorites is because when he was eligible for the Hall of Fame this past year, I kind of rewrote the article. but And, and you could kind of see like, yeah, I had no clue what I was writing about three, four years ago. And now I get to rewrite it again, which is kind of cool. Um, one of my favorite analytical articles was probably the one I wrote about Yohan Moncada after, um, I think heading into the 2021 season or heading into 2020, whatever it was about, you know, oh, his 2020 or 2019 season was a fluke. It's all BABIP induced. And the reason that was my favorite, um, is because it actually got all the way to, I don't know if any of you have heard of Tom Tango of, um, He's done some work with fan graphs and work with baseball reference Tango Tiger on Twitter. He's kind of been a big part of some of the analytics, some of the new age analytics. Um, and it actually made its way all the way to him and he retweeted and said, this is some really cool stuff. Uh, so that's my favorite more. So a little bit different than the Burley one, but that, that's one of my personal favorites. It's nice to get, it's nice to get some really some people who know what they're talking about get to read it. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's cool. I we I sent it on your Hawk uh, article, and if you mm-hmm. guys have 
listen to this podcast before, you know, me, me, especially in Zan, we're both like big broadcaster guys. Like we really, like, we really think these broadcasters, especially the yeah. ones that we have are, are, are just amazing. And if it's, it's with really every sport, like I love to get to know all the broadcasters and if the broadcasters and if they're not good, it's kind of hard to, you know, watch the event, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've been, a, we've both been, we haven't, been a fan of any other baseball team and we've been Sox fans I mean right when we started getting into baseball for me it was it was really young because I I played but I remember Hawk Harrelson and his calls and like like you said in the article that you can put it on the board yes like after every home run no matter what game it was I could be watching the White Sox or I could be watching any other team I would be saying that and I would be reciting it you know in my room just like you like yeah it's I related to that as well and and then you added on to it, you know, with Jason Benetti and, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. cause he's, he's the one that came after Hawk Harrelson. And I, I really think Jason Benetti is one of the best in the business. Like if it's not just for baseball, it's for, you know, basketball as well. I'm a huge uh, Indiana in the Indiana guy. So when he did the okay. Indiana basketball games, I was like, this is, this is perfect, you know, on uh big 10 network, but it's, he, he's just amazing. And I mean, I'll be honest, if it wasn't for him and Hawk, like I, I would probably be still be doing this podcast means that I'm, but I'm, I'm in the broadcasting club in school and we actually had our first baseball broadcast this past year. And Jason Benetti is just a huge inspiration and he's, he's awesome. And to go back to Hawk, like I was at the uh, Burley Jersey retirement game and obviously they played all the, the calls on, on the video board mm-hmm. and I could just hear Hawk screaming after, after the final out. And that, that was just awesome. But John, any anything to add like about Hawk and you know what he meant to you and everything? Well, I know about specifically about Hawk, but I mean for like every sport, and I feel especially for baseball because it is slower paced. So I guess you spend more time with the broadcasters. You get to know mm-hmm. them well. Like they joke around more because they tell like stories. I mean, there's so many clips of baseball broadcasters just talking about random stuff during broadcasts. I think that's the best part. You can relate to these guys more. And for, like, baseball broadcasts, I think it makes or breaks it. And, I mean, I'm not calling on anybody, but I feel like the Oakland A's and the Athletics broadcast, I believe it's NBC Sports, just not a fan at all. I mean, I've seen so many walk-off calls where they're just unenergetic, but I'm so happy. Like, the White Sox have had successive, like, Jason Benetti, Hawk Harrelson, both have done great jobs. Yeah, and uh, the next the next thing we, we got to talk about is, like what is your first memory as a White Sox fan? Like all those years back and like, do you have a favorite memory? I know you have to, you have to think pretty far back, but I'm old. I'm 24. This, this gets hard. This question gets harder every time I'm asked it. Um, my, so my first, this is a trick question. I technically remember stuff from Oh five. I remember not really, I was seven or eight. I remember not really getting it or caring which is a huge regret of mine right now. Not that I'd remember it any better, but um, I kind of remember it. I kind of remember not caring like, oh, World Series, whatever. I'm going to go play video games. I, I definitely remember that. Uh, I remember getting it in, into it the next year. I remember a conversation I had with my mom about, you know, how the Detroit Tigers were such a big threat to the White Sox in 2006. And she's like, where did you learn all that? I'm like, I just started following baseball. Um other than that, at a game, I was the earliest one I think I can remember is, and this isn't even that long ago, when Burley did the the, the flip to first between his legs. 
I remember being at that game. That's the earliest mm. game I remember being at, which again, isn't that long ago, which is kind of scary. It's like, why can't I remember any farther back? Um, that's probably the most recent game memory though. Yeah. I, for like, we were both born in 2006. So a year late. From, oh my God. Yeah. From, from the world series win. But if I'm like talking about a game, like, I mean, I went to games like right when I was born, like as in like the stroller and everything, mm-hmm. but actually watching it on TV, like a actual memory was probably Phil Humber's, like, it was, a, it was a no hitter, a perfect game. Perfect. Game. Perfect game. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was my first memory. And I was just a little kid and my dad was like explaining mm-hmm. like how big this actually is. And that's, that's probably my first memory, but Zan, what, what is your first memory? I forget, I forget what it is because we haven't done one of these episodes in a while. We haven't, but uh, on TV, I mean, I can't really tell you. I don't remember, but at least for like going to a game, the first one I can remember is the White Sox were playing the Brewers in like 2014, 2015, maybe around. And Jose Abreu hit a home run against them. And then eventually I think there was a rain delay. I mean, that's all I can tell you. I barely remember anything, but I do remember there being a home run hit. And I'm just wondering like what's happening my older brother explaining it to me. It's like, oh, that's pretty big. Like, that's Jose Abreu. He's one of our best players. But, I mean, even at that point, I wasn't as into the game as I was now. But I still remember, like, everyone was super hyped, even with the rain coming down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, I feel so old. You were both born in 2006. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, this 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 question is always is always a fun one. If you remember, I mean, you talked about the burly, um, like burly through the legs, uh, flip to mm-hmm. first base. But do you have any other memories like that you saw live, or memories that maybe you watched on TV, but that are up there for for your favorites? So the new one that I can use because I never had a good answer to this question. The new one I can use is I was at Rodon's no hitter this year. Uh, so I, I have finally seen, I, I had a, one of my cousins, um, not super into baseball. He was at the Burley Perfect Game. I'm like, this is someone who, you know, likes it, doesn't love it. I was like, how are you that lucky? So I finally yeah. got it this year with Rodon. Um, getting to watch the Gene Alito no-hitter last year, or the Perfect Game, or no, it was a no-hitter. The, yeah. the no-hitter last year was cool. Um but yeah, my best answer to that is now the Rodon no-hitter, which I'm pretty happy with because I, I never had anything like that. Um, the Burley flip was a good one. I mean, I don't even remember that many walk-offs I've been to or anything like that. I think the most exciting, like not exciting one was, I remember when the Sox traded for James Shields, I was at that game. And it was like, it started off so well. You're in such a, you're kind of hyped up. It's like, oh, there's this new pitcher on the team. And by the end of the game, we're like, let's hope Bryce Harper can hit one off the right field scoreboard by the end of this, because this would be far more fun than losing 13 to two. Um, so th- that was a wild game. I-, I remember that one pretty good. That one's fairly recent. Um, but that was one of the that's a fun one to look back on. Like, I can't believe we were there. Like, that was not a great time for the Sox. Yeah, I I've seen way too many James Shield starts it uh, <laughs> live. Like I could, I've seen sale only a couple of times, like for the amount of White Sox games, like I got to right. go to and I get to go to. And for, I mean, I just saw Shields, what seems to be like every single one. And if it wasn't Shields, it was like Ronaldo Lopez or something. And I never, I never saw sale. I think, 
I saw him twice and one of them was at Wrigley, the only time I've been to Wrigley. So, and we lost that game. And yeah, I've seen way too many shield stars, but for me, this, I, I don't know if me and Zion have similar answers, but this was 2019. It was either July 3rd or July 4th uh, against the Tigers. So it was the doubleheader. I saw the Dylan Cease debut. That was super, super fun. And then that night game was one of the most electric games I've, I've ever been to with Moncada tying it at six in the 10th. And that was just a, like, Moncada home runs are just so underrated because of yeah. the swing. And it's just beautiful. Like there's, there's a couple of guys like in the MLB where you could just sit down and watch them hit home runs like for the whole day. And that was just, the vibe was just good that day. Like it was July 4th, the next day it was summer. And, and then a brave steps up and hits a walk off three run blast. And I have the video and I really should like upload it to Twitter because I, you could just hear my little kid voice just screaming. And it, it, it was just, it was just hilarious. But that's, I feel like that's when I recognize like, all right, we're going to be pretty good soon. We got the pieces and a couple more moves and we'll be there. And, you know, you mm-hmm. really started to get a feel for the culture around this team, but Zan, what, what, what is yours? Uh, again, it's probably that Jose Brady, but I mean that Yohan home run, I wasn't there obviously, but I did see it live on TV. I mean, I, it is one of my, it's my favorite Yohan play. He is my favorite player on the White Sox right now. He's going to be my favorite of all time. I mean, his swing, his style. I mean, it's just so fun to watch. I mean, when he does the full extension, when he go and hits a home run, it's it's art. I mean, that is baseball art. There's nothing else to say about it. But um, probably live again, I'd say that Jose Abreu home run. I mean, it's my first baseball experience, first home run with Jose Abreu even. I mean, it's just so magical. I mean, I think everybody can like remember at some point, like not specifically, but at some point where they kind of got into the game with any sport really, where they're like, wow, like this sport's really cool. And I mean, that was for, that is what it was for me with baseball. I mean, Jose Brady home run. And I mean, even before I became a big baseball dude, I was always a White Sox fan. That's the only games I've ever been to. I mean, I've never been to Wrigley never been interested in the Cubs. I mean, we live in the suburbs, me and Charlie. We're surrounded by Cubs fans. So, and a lot of them, not the best people to talk about with baseball. So <laughs> automatically had to lean to like the better side. Yeah. I'm, I'm thankful that uh, my, my dad introduced me to the White Sox and, and not the Cubs because his dad was a White Sox fan, but yeah, we're surrounded by too many Cubs fans, but this is a, a very interesting one. What's an interesting White Sox story you have? It maybe it's not like an exciting moment, but it's just like a weird, interesting moment. I don't know if there's if there's anything you could think of. A weird, interesting moment. Hmm. Like a funny story surrounded, you know, by that team. Oh, I'm trying to think of a good one. I don't know if I can think of a weird, funny one. I think my favorite, a good. I, I guess this is kind of funny, but not really funny. It's funny in a very weird way. Um, so Danny Mendick um, is currently part of the White Sox, hopefully still on the team by the time this airs, uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> but um, he, we, we got a chance to interview him. And it was an awesome interview. He just had some cool, funny stories. He was a good guy. Um, and then at Sox Fest, I went up 
to the booth where he was taking photos and stuff. I'm like, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I interviewed you about a year back. And he goes, yeah, Jordan, right? And I was like, that, that was just a cool moment of like, and I, there's a picture, they like take your photo and it's like when I was shaking his hand, you could see my face, like like the excitement that he remembered who yeah. I was. Um, that that's, that's one of my favorite ones related to the team. I know it's not as funny, but it was, it was just funny in the sense that you know, it's a year later and this dude happened to remember getting interviewed by our, on our podcast. And it was, it was a cool moment in that sense. Funny, weird ones related to this team though. I don't know. I try and block all of those out of my memory. I'm sure there's <laughs> good ones. I try and block out the ones where I'm like, oh, this team kills me. I mean, we've all had those moments though. Yes, but. definitely. Definitely as White Sox fans. But um, I think for me, this one is just super random. So this was 2019 in the summer. This is at Kansas City. So I went to I went to that series and in Kansas City. And it, it was either a three or four game series. I think it was a three game series. And I went to the first two, but I had to I had to go before the last game. So I was this was so I left the day of the third game and like my flight got delayed like so long. It was there was just terrible storms uh in Kansas City. And like I think our flight was at like one o'clock and the flight actually left at like 9 PM or like 10 PM. Like it was delayed a while. So me and my dad were, we're in line and uh, we're in line for the plane at like really late. We're all pissed off and everything. And we're talking to like these white Sox fans, you know, that were at that, that was, that were at the games and they went up to us like, Oh, were you at the game and everything? We're like, yeah. And we're just talking and my dad was like, wait, are you Charlie Tilson? And it was Charlie Tilson cool. in, in the, uh, the line to get on the flight. And we sit down in our seats. Like we talk for a little bit. Then we sit down in our seats. We're like, wait, why is this guy on our flight? And I'm like, wait, did, like, did he get sent down or something? Because like he would be on the flight with the team to go to wherever we're going next. And we're like, mm-hmm. then we search it up. And it was like, Charlie Tilson gets sent down to, to Charlotte. And we're like, Oh my oh, God. Like, oh man. We're like, we, we really didn't, we didn't notice that. And then, right. and then he gets off the plane. We're at the luggage place and we're like, Oh yeah, I heard the news. Like we're ready for you to be back. Just good luck and everything. Then we got a picture and he reaches in his bags. He gives me his, his batting gloves. So, so that was cool. And everything. that's cool. And I, I was just like with my dad, like we felt so bad, like, and then we right. went to the car because, you know, the rest of my family were, they were picking me and my dad up and we see him like hugging his wife and going back uh, into the car. Like he's all, he's all sad and stuff. And it, it, that was, that was probably a funny story or very random. Zan, do you have, do you have a random one? I mean, I don't think anything really compares to that. Charlie tells I was going to say, mean, I'm not going to beat that. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, Nah, not really. Um, then this this is the most important one, and this is our favorite one. What is your go-to ballpark order for food? What do you get every time you are at the rate? I mean, I don't I call I still call it US cellular, but yeah. Literally the same thing every time. Two hot dogs with no onions, and it's this or with onions, excuse me. Two hot dogs with onions, and it's those the ones where it's just at the stands that only have like the hot dogs and Sometimes they have to pull a sausage along with it. It's dough stands, not like the main ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very particular about that. Like it has to come from these specific stands and these specific hot dogs. But yes, two hot dogs with onion is exactly what I get every time I go to the ballpark. I don't know when I recently started doing that, but it's become a staple. (laughs) Yeah, this, I, 
I usually go in stages. So I, right when I get there, I have a brat with, with, uh, with onions and, and I wait a few innings and then I don't know if you've had this place before, but antique taco, it's a stand. Um, I've seen it. Yeah. It's probably, it's the best tacos I've ever had. So really? I go there, I go there in like the, like the fourth inning. Cause I, I don't have a stomach for these games. I just eat whenever and whatever I want, <laughs> because like I'm here, I want to have good food. Right. So I, even before I sit down, I have the brat and then I wait a little bit, get the tacos. And then they added this stand by like the left field foul pole a couple, it was like two or three years ago, maybe it was ice cream, but you could put like a churro on the bottom of it. And you can just have like three scoops of ice cream on top of a churro. And then I'm done for the game. But recently, because they are taking, they took down a lot of the stands because of, you know, because of COVID and everything. So <clears throat> these last two or three games I've been to at, um, at us cellular guarantee rate, whatever. Um, I go to Antique Taco after the game because they have because they have a place in Bridgeport, so we just go right okay. after the game. So that's that's it. Zidane, I know you're you're you have your particular as well. What what do you got? I mean, it's not as specific as you guys. I don't really go to as many White Sox games as Charlie, but when I do, I do have to get those Antique Tacos. I mean, <laughs> I have to agree with Charlie. They are amazing tacos, probably the best I've ever had. I mean, the few games I have have gone to recently it's always those but they aren't there because of COVID right you did say mm -hmm. so I mean I believe I'm going to a game pretty we're going soon, to the Cubs so. game together right I hope yeah, you that put that in your calendar and another game with my family so I mean we'll see what happens at they at those games but, and get yeah. yourselves a sponsorship with Antique Tacos you guys love this place yeah we, we really <laughs> we have to we have to you know, put it on our YouTube videos and everything. I would, I mean, I got, I got it. I got to contact them. Those brisket tacos <laughs> are the best, but we have some time here and we, I, we can do a little current white Sox talk and it is currently July 28th and Eloy with an absolute tank job last night versus the Royals is the second game versus the Royals. And he's going to hit home runs, but that defense, that game was just surprising. Like I think the main thing for him is like, just stay on your feet. Like don't yeah. go and dive and be clumsy because I don't want to see him diving into nets anymore. But Jordan, what'd you make of make of the game last night and just Eloy's return as a whole, obviously uh, it'll, it'll take a while for him to get up to speed, but yeah. he's coming in at the right time. It's huge to have Eloy. Um, I, I don't think it, you can say it's underrated or understated because I, I think it's very clear that he's a very important part of what the White Sox are trying to do this year. Um in terms of the defense, stay on your feet, and hopefully he's not out there too often. I think we saw, uh, too, with Andrew Vaughn and Wright. I, it, it's very hard to play right field. I, I think there's a reason Eloy Jimenez plays left field. It's because it's the easiest of the positions to play. Um, and switching from left field to right field seems like it should be easy, but just the way the ball comes off the bat, it's very difficult, especially at the major league level. And, and you kind of saw that a little bit with Vaughn. Um, so it's great to have his bat in the lineup. And in order to keep it there, I'd love to minimize the amount of time he's in left field. But, you know, the way this team is built, he's probably going to have to end up there. And, you know, as long as you're putting your best nine out there every night and giving yourself a chance to win, I think that's going to be the most important part for the Sox um, until they can get back to full strength. They're as close to full strength as possible this season. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's we're, we've been pretty lucky, you know, with Vaughn. We didn't really know if he was if he was going to be the outfielder that he is. And I mean, 
I could, of course, you know, he needed to get used to, you know, his route, routes the ball and everything, mm-hmm. but he's made some nice plays. He's, I don't know about like robbed home run, but made catches on the wall and everything. And he's, we're lucky that he's a good fielder because I mean, he can play in the outfield and he can play first base. Who knows? He might DH Gavin. She's DH. He's played in the mm-hmm. outfield and everything. So I think that's a big thing. We've gotten, we've gotten really lucky with that. And also really lucky because the division sucks, but yeah. we need to, we need to hold our ground before Luis and um, before Luis comes back and you like, it's the full strength, but Zidane, we talked about it on, this was yet two days ago, we released an episode, but you know, what did, what did you think about Eloy's performance from yesterday and the end of the first game? I thought I saw a lot of things we liked. I mean, the power, obviously 459 in Kaufman, you love to see that. I mean, that, just comes with Eli Jimenez. But I think that defense is what we have to talk about. I mean, me and Charlie talk about it a lot. We feel like he's a clumsy defender, but I also feel like he's reckless in the field. He goes for plays that almost all left fielders, at least at his scale, or even better ones, wouldn't go for. I mean, we all saw him dive into the net and give <laughs> up a Yelich inside the parker. We obviously saw, saw his torn pec injury. Both of those were not good plays by a left fielder. And I think that's why Vaughn was kind of able to succeed. He was able to kind of make the smart plays, be able to go for the right routes. Even if he wasn't, you know, out there making insane diving catches, jumping like five feet over the wall, making insane robbing home runs. He made the smart play. You could like, he was just enough in the, in left field. You didn't have to look at him, see him as a deficiency. He was just there, played left field well enough. And if Eli Jimenez can just be like a little below average defender in his career, that is all the White Sox need. But I mean, we, I mean, I also have to say it's just one game. Like I did love what I saw out of the defense from him in one game, but I think at least take like a week and then we can look, okay, did he continue to make the smart plays or did he go and do an Eloy play? (laughs) Hopefully that's not the case. We really don't want that to be happening, but I think, this most like probably two weeks will determine if Eli ends up staying in left field or eventually in his future turns into a full-time DH. And Vaughn's really helped all of that too. It, he, I was not a fan of putting Vaughn in left field. I was very vocal about, you know, you're going to teach a first baseman to play left field and you're going to expect that he just stays healthy and doesn't twist an angle, like getting uh, turned around on a fly ball. And I was very wrong. He's a very, average left fielder he makes the plays that need to be made and you can make the case that he's better left fielder than Eloy and if that's what it is moving forward it's something the Sox have to consider just switching Vaughn and Eloy between the H and left field yeah I, I definitely would agree especially with I mean Sheets also with the tank last night and he's he's awesome I got a I was in Baltimore for that series and I got a chance to like talk with his cousins me and my dad talked to his cousins because everyone everyone was sitting all together and like they're just really happy with what the Sox are doing with him right now. Like they're, he was trying to, I watch, I listened to the Sox degrees podcast with Gavin Sheets mm-hmm. and he talked about how in spring training, he was really working, you know, just to play, just to play the outfield and see if he could improve. But I think he's also a big part. And now we're seeing lots of moves being made in the off season. And I just wanted to let, I just wanted to let Jordan, you know, give his thoughts on obviously Marte to the A's, and will the Sox do anything? I don't know if we'll splash, but will we even do anything? It's not looking 
it's not looking good. Obviously, we have to wait till till the last moment. But you know, what what do you got for the recent moves? The thing that interests me about a lot of Sox fans, I'm not saying you guys, I'm saying a lot of Sox fans on Twitter, is that we have until July 31st at three o'clock to make a move. The the thing that is good for the White Sox is that you're seeing some of the trades going down for relievers, and you're not overwhelmed by the price. It, it, it's mostly it's going to mean that relievers aren't going to cost that much. It's going to look, if we're kind of sitting there, it's like, look, look what they just traded for X, Y, and Z pitch. Like I'm not giving up some of my best guys for this. So there's a benefit to waiting to the deadline. A guy like Marte, I mean, they got Jesus Lizardo back out in Miami and that's a huge move. I know he struggled a little bit, um, but that's still a top 100 prospect. That, that's a really good player. The White Sox didn't have someone unless you were really going to give up Garrett Crochet for three months, not even, of Starling Marte. So it the trade deadline kind of shows where the White Sox are at. You know, you're, you're a first place, you're a competing team, and that's what matters. But it's very hard to make big splashes like that when your prospect pool isn't incredibly deep. Now, teams like the A's, and the Dodgers and the Astros are really, really good at being good at the major league level and having a lot of prospects to go along with it. The White Sox aren't there yet. And I, I think they can get there. I think it will come with time. They'll at least be an average farm system soon. Um, but, but there's no middle tier type prospects like Blake Rutherford, Mike Rodolfo. They're not going to get you anything, but other teams have players who are just mid-tier guys that will get you something. Uh, so the Sox will make a move. I, I would be very shocked if we played this back and the Sox didn't make a move because they need to make some. And I think the front office knows that. I, 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 I kind of laugh at everyone on Twitter like, oh, there's snooze. And it's like, no, they, they know they've got stuff to take care of. Uh, it's just about finding the right deal. They're in, the good news is they're nine and a half games up. They're waiting to see what the market looks like. And, and they don't have the, they, they have the leverage to not sit there and just force a move, if that makes sense. They can let the market come to them. They can get a deal on their terms versus trying to have to overpay for uh, three months of a reliever. Uh, so the Sox have some advantage there, um, some disadvantage as well. You know, the longer you wait, more teams get involved, the more risk there is there, but I don't know. I think you're not going to see a big splash. The Sox just don't have the guys for that, but you'll play this back and they'll have at least a relief arm. They'll probably have a second baseman too. They might have two relief arms. There's still three days to go. I, I'm not too concerned just yet. Yeah. I, one guy that means on talked about is Ryan DePera. It's one guy that mm -hmm. I would like to see in the White Sox bullpen. And Yes, it would be nice to splash, and yes, it would be nice to get like two good pieces. But a, a relief, one reliever, or like one second base, like an Eduardo Escobar, like just one would be okay, and I would be fine going into the rest of the season with. But obviously, like two relievers would be nice, a second base would mm -hmm. be nice, but it's just not. Again, like we don't have the prospects for that. And, I mean, we're we're ranked last in what is the farm system, or yeah, but the, like our prospect rankings, we're we're not high up there. But I think. 
I don't know. I mean, we just have to see. And hopefully when this episode comes out, we have, we have more guys, but Zan, if you don't have anything to add and if Jordan, you don't have anything to add, we can close this episode out. Uh, yeah, I don't think I do. All right. Again, thank you guys for listening and thanks to Jordan for coming on and we'll let you guys know when we're supposed to put this episode out, but uh, thank you guys.